Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome along to this episode of La Liga Lowdown. I'm your host, Jim McTeer, and I'm excited to bring you the latest episode in our series looking at all of the clubs in La Liga and telling their stories. In this episode, we tell the story of Celta Vigo, the Galician club that become a regular top division side and earned respect across the Spanish footballing community, even if they've never quite won a major trophy. There have been some great moments in the club's history, though, and we take a listen to some of them here. Those were some of the best ever moments in Celta Vigo's history there. We had Benny McCarthy's goal to win one of the Intertoto Cup finals in 2000. We had Peony Sisto's strike as Celta reached the Europa League semi-finals of 2016-17, and two of Iago Aspas' relegation-defying goals. A trick he's pulled on more than one occasion, more than two occasions, in fact. We're going to move on now and hear about how the club got up and running, and about how some of these epic moments came to be. After we listen into the club hymn, we've got Paco Pollitt to start taking us through Celta Vigo's history. Real Club Celta de Vigo were founded in 1923 when two local clubs, Real Vigo Sporting and Real Club Fortuna de Vigo, 
joined forces to form one more powerful Galician entity to rival the successful Basque sides that had dominated them within Spanish football in the previous seasons. Manuel de Castro is a local Vigo-based sports writer and used his platform writing in Faro de Vigo, the oldest Spanish newspaper, by the way, still in circulation today, to push the ideology of a united Vigo, creating the Todo por y para Vigo slogan, which translates to all for and to Vigo. Several potential club names were suggested and discussed, including Club Galicia, Real Club Olimpico and Real Unión de Vigo, before finally settling on Real Club Celta, with Celta being used to represent the Celts, a large and popular ethnic group of settlers local to the Galician region. After officially presenting the motion to create the newly unified club at the assembly of the Royal Spanish Federation, Federación Española as we now know them, Castro secured an anonymous vote to pass the motion and thus kick-started the existence of the very Celta Vigo club we know today. The club later announced its first president would be Spanish nobleman Manuel Barcena de Andres. They then announced the inaugural playing squad for the first ever season of football, headlined by several well-known players from the two local foundational clubs. The initial iteration of the club would be managed by former Sunderland and English national team player Francis Kagi, who would etch his name into the Celta history books as the club's first ever manager. In 1924, just one year after the formation of the club, plans began to construct a brand new stadium fit for hosting the home games of the new unified Celta Vigo team. A 75,000 square meter patch of land on the banks of the Lagares River would eventually house the original version of Balai. Stadium, which came into being in 1928 with Celta Vigo beating Basque side Real Union 7-0. Fast forward to 1936 and Celta finally achieved promotion into the first division, but they were unable to reap the rewards of their achievements as the Spanish Civil War meant they were unable to play a Primera game until 1939, three years after winning the Segunda. Manuel Copen Araujo, nicknamed as Nolete, scored Celta's first ever Primera goal, going on to have a long and successful career with the Galician club, spanning over 110 games and scoring 96 goals during his stint with the club. Celta spent five seasons in the first division before being relegated in 1944, but bounced straight back up in 1945, where they eventually became a mainstay in the top tier of Spanish football. In 1948, Celta successfully managed their best-ever league finish, a record that remains to this day, tying for fourth place and reaching the final of the then-named Copa del Generalísimo for the first time ever, where they would eventually lose 4-1 to Sevilla. A few years of mediocrity during the late 50s eventually condemned the Celestes to 10 years in the Segunda, taking them all the way through 1969 when they finally made the ascent back to the top division, before jojoing up and down the tiers until they hit rock bottom in 1980, being relegated into Segunda B, Spain's third division. But it wasn't all doom and gloom for the Galician side. Back-to-back -back promotions and another period of bouncing up and down the leagues would eventually open the door to a new era of Celta Vigo football. Then came the era of 
Eurocelta. Six straight years of top seven finishes during the 1990s gave Celta fans their most successful stint within European football after kicking off their continental debut back in 1971 against Aberdeen. A shock UEFA Cup quarterfinals appearance in 1998 followed, taking down Premier League giants Liverpool and Aston Villa in both the home and away legs on their way to a massive showdown with a rampant Marseille side who would eventually topple the Galician heroes 2-1 on aggregate. But spirits remain high for Celta under manager Victor Fernández. They rode the previous season's successes all the way back into the European arena and came out swinging. A 7-0 rout of Benfica and a 4-0 comeback thrashing in the second leg against Italian giants Juventus powered Celta back to the quarterfinals for the second consecutive season before once again falling at the hands of French opposition in the form of RC Lens. So Celta Vigo finished the 20th century on the up and in the year 2000 they won an Intertotal Cup final against Zenit St. Petersburg. After defeating the Russian side 2-1 in the home leg, with some help from their own Russian, Valery Karpin, they drew 2-2 in the second leg in St. Petersburg as Benny McCarthy netted the equaliser on the day and the winner overall in the 89th minute. After that, Celta started the 21st century well too, and to talk us through the club's more recent history, here's Roman de Arker. Celta de Vigo's incursion into the 21st century couldn't have gone much better, as they were honoured with being the best club in the world for the month of February in 2001 by the International Federation of Football History and Statistics. That same year, they also finished 6th in the Spanish 1st Division, qualifying for the UEFA Cup, and they even made it to the Copa del Rey final, eliminating Mallorca and Barca on the way, who'd finished 3rd and 4th in the league ahead of Celta. But unfortunately for them, they succumbed in the final to Real Zaragoza by 3 goals to 1. A defeat which was hard to digest, but which wouldn't tarnish their great start to a new century. The next two years, they gradually improved their results in the domestic league, finishing 5th, and then improving again to achieve a 4th position the next year in the 2002-2003 campaign. This was their best result ever in the Spanish 1st Division, matching their position in the 1947-1948 season. But in this occasion, it meant they would play in the UEFA Champions League for the first time in the club's history. A massive achievement, which would have its consequences. They proved to be a very competitive side in the Champions League after finishing second in a very tight group with AC Milan, Ajax and Club Bruges. In the first leg of the group, they just managed 2 out of 9 points. But in the second round, they stepped up their game, achieving wins against Milan and Ajax to qualify. But their journey ended shortly after in the round of 16, when Arsenal beat them 5-2 on aggregate. Although this was definitely not the worst part for Celta, as their efforts in Europe's most prestigious competition had terrible side effects in La Liga. Only 9 wins and 39 points in a total of 38 games meant that they were returning to the undesired territory, Segunda División. Many couldn't understand how such a talented team had managed to excel and then sink into oblivion so suddenly. Despite losing many of their more important players because of their relegation, they quickly rebuilt themselves to finish second in Segunda División and bounce right back. In fact, they were fantastic in their return to Primera División, finishing sixth with a humble squad, including the likes of a very young David Silva who had been loaned in from Valencia. They also qualified for the UEFA Cup, making it back to European competitions, but again, it would take a toll on their league results. 
They made it past the group stage and even defeated Spartak Moscow with a 3-2 aggregate in the round of 32, becoming one of the four Spanish teams to qualify to the round of 16. But their run would end against Werder Bremen. They also made it to the round of 16 in the Copa del Rey, but it seemed like the match load was affecting their performances in the domestic league, leading them to another poor position in the standings and being relegated for the second time in three years. Delta would not see Primera División football at Balaidos for a very long time. They remained in Spain's second tier for a full five seasons, in which their biggest achievement was reaching the Copa del Rey quarterfinals in the 2009-2010 campaign. They defeated Real Unión, Girona, Tenerife and Villarreal on the way, but didn't manage to get past Atlético de Madrid. But they finally found the light at the end of the tunnel in 2012, finishing second and guaranteeing their promotion back to Primera. Club legends Iago Aspas and Hugo Mayo were among the players to lead Celta back to the top, where they've remained ever since. Although in their returning season, they were this close to messing up again. In the last match day, they were in the relegation zone and statistically had a 4% chance of staying up. But somehow, Celta made the most of their 1-0 win over Espanyol, highly favoured by the defeat of their eternal rivals Deportivo de la Coruña, who dropped three crucial points and took over Celta's relegation spot. From there on, things got better every year, improving their league standings and even returning to Europe after a positive 2015-2016 season, in which they finished 6th and got to the Copa del Rey semi-finals. They actually became one of the biggest surprises in the Europa League, working their way to the semi-finals where they stumbled upon Manchester United, who went on to win the title. They even revisited the Copa del Rey semi-finals after eliminating strong rivals such as Valencia and Real Madrid on the way. But a single goal from Alaves in the 82nd minute of the second leg shattered their hopes of reaching the final 16 years later. This time, they even ended in a comfortable mid-table position, avoiding any relegation scares. Overall, the 2016-2017 campaign is one that Celta fans will remember fondly. Since then, the team didn't show an improvement, rather the opposite. They even relived those nerve-wracking ends to the season in 2019 and 2020, flirting with relegation, despite having a squad with potential for more. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That then was the recent history of Celta Vigo. We're now going to hear some more about some of the all-time legends at the club. We've got Andrew Miller coming up next, and he picks his top three Celta legends taking us through them one by one. Celta have a long and storied history of locally grown talent, but none shine brighter than Iago Aspas. Born and raised just 18 kilometres away at the other side of the Ria de Vigo estuary in Spain's northwest region of Galicia, Aspas joined Celta's youth academy in 1995 at just eight years old, before progressing his way into the promised land, Celta Vigo's first team. Making his debut in 2009 whilst the team were plying their trade in the Segunda Division, it was clear from the start that Aspas was going to be an incredibly special player for the club. In just the second league appearance of his young career, Aspas came on as a substitute in the 59th minute for journeyman striker Oscar Diaz and immediately made an impact. After just 20 minutes on the pitch, Iago Aspas not only opened the scoring for Celta, but also opened his very own professional goal-scoring account at the very same time. After a heartbreaking equaliser just eight minutes later from Alaves, it was time for another little moment of Iago Aspas magic. A 90th minute game winner for any young player would be a memory to cherish forever, but this wasn't just any old league game. Heading into this game, Celta were in 18th position, staring down the barrel of relegation to Segunda Bay, which is Spain's third tier of club competition. But those crucial two goals from a raw and untested 22-year-old Iago Aspas sent Celta into 17th place and out of the relegation fight. Something that would go on to become somewhat of a recurring theme in the legendary Galician's career, as we all know. Fast forward a few years, after racking up over 150 appearances for the club, including a highly successful inaugural La Liga campaign, Aspas secured a move to Brendan Rodgers' rampant Liverpool side, where he would go on to join the likes of Luis Suarez and Felipe Coutinho. But it wasn't all fairy tales and joy in the Premier League. The Galician struggled for fitness and consistency and after just one season returned to Spain on loan with Sevilla before making a triumphant return to his boyhood club where he would break the record for most Celta Vigo goals ever and regularly lift the Zara Trophy, awarded to the top Spanish goalscorer each season in La Liga. Another generational talent born and raised nearby in the Galician province is Celta's passionate and fearless captain Hugo Mayo. Second all-time in appearances for the club behind Manolo Rodriguez Alfonso who spent almost 20 years representing the club in the 60s, 70s and 80s, Mayo became one of only three players to exceed 350 games for his boyhood club. But for Celta, Mayo is more than just a player and a captain. He's a true Celta fan at heart, a representation of the club's values and philosophy, and this was never more evident than in the first Galician derby after a long six-year absence back in 2013. Mayo, who was unable to play at that time, boarded the supporters' bus and joined an army of Celta Ultras 
and hounding the Deportivo La Coruña players from the stands. There aren't too many one-club players around in modern football, but Hugo Mayo has resisted the temptation of bigger teams in foreign leagues to stay with his hometown club, and has even represented the Galicia national team. Although it's technically not an officially recognised side, and they can only play friendlies. At the helm of the club throughout their most successful period since its inception in 1923, Victor Fernandez is the cream of the crop in Celta's managerial history. Having led the club in more games than any other coach, including three consecutive UEFA Cup appearances, Fernandez had the Galicians playing some of the most exciting and attractive football of that period, and went on to fondly be nicknamed Eurocelta by the Spanish press. Not only is Victor Fernandez renowned for his European adventures with Celta, but the Spaniard also holds the best points per game ratio of anyone to coach the club for more than 30 games, a record that has been intact since he left to join Real Betis in 2002 and potentially could stand for a very long time into the future. Three club legends there who each have a fondness for the club in common. That story about Hugo Mayo watching the derby from the stands with the fans is great. So let's hear some more about what it's like to take in a Celta Vigo game in person. We're going to hear from Ian Morris now, a Celta Vigo fan who's lived in the city and who's behind the Celta USA English language Twitter account. Here's Ian to tell us about the passion for football in the city of Vigo. In the Fragoso Valley, on the banks of its small namesake river and just a couple kilometers from the Atlantic coast is the Estadio de Balaidos, the home of Real Club Celta de Vigo. Balaidos is also a kilometer or two outside of the city center of Vigo, the largest city in the region of Galicia and the home of about 300,000 people. Vigo is a city that revolves around a couple of things, fishing and industry. The sea is what has always given life to Vigo and as a result, it has the second largest fishing port in the entire world. Balaidos, the home of Celta, was constructed in 1928 and still stands as the home of Celta de Vigo to this day, holding around 29,000 fans. Just before any given match day at Balaidos, Celta fans, as well as the fans of whatever visiting club happens to be in town, will begin to gather for either beers or coffees, depending on the start time, at one of the mini bars surrounding the area around the stadium. This is like a social hour, where Celta fans can interact with one another, as well as with friendly supporters of other teams who generally maintain a pretty good relationship with Celta fans, unless, of course, they're from Deportivo. The scene of a long-standing fight between the mayor of Vigo and the club, Balaidos's reform started around the beginning of the last decade but is still taking place over 10 years later. Half of the stadium has st has been reformed, but there are still two stands behind each goalpost, which are still waiting to get done by the city of Vigo. This creates a bit of an odd exterior appearance for Balaidos, whose two lateral stands have a very modern and futuristic appearance. However, no matter where they sit or no matter what sort of renovation has or hasn't gone on in their stand, Thousands of Celta fans cram into the stadium for every match day, ready to cheer on and support their team in thick and in thin. Galicians are known for being temperamental, and a team like Celta with no major titles, well, let's just say sometimes it's a bit of a love-hate relationship between Celta and its fans. However, when push comes to shove, Celta fans are some of the most supportive of any club in the league, 
No matter how frustrated they may be, however, Celta fans still turn up for the games and shout and scream with every Yago Aspas goal or every beautiful pass by Denis Suarez. No matter what sort of shape the stadium might be in, Celta's fun atmosphere is beloved by Celta fans and is a treat for any visiting fan who has the opportunity to visit Vigo. Great stuff there, and that brings us to the end of this La Liga Lowdown episode on the Celta Vigo story. I've been your host, Hugh McTeer, and I've been joined by Paco Pollitt, Roman de Arker, Andrew Miller, and Ian Morris. Remember, we are La Liga Lowdown, and you can check out our website, laligalowdown.com, where we're on Twitter as well. Thanks a lot for listening to this one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.